Welcome to Peak City Church. We pray that this message fills you with hope and encourages you wherever you are. Also, follow us on social media at Peak City Co. to stay connected with us. Be blessed. pumped for uh, everything that's happened right now. We're heading into such an exciting season in the life of our church. We're coming up on Easter Sunday. It's coming, y'all. April 17th. It is only weeks away. Um, if you don't know, our services will be at 9 and 11 a.m. Our normal times. We're just going to pack the place out, all right? So invite, invite, invite. It's going to be a baptism Sunday. So if you're looking to celebrate what God's done in your life, um, then let's get baptized. All right, let's do this thing. Baptism is the public declaration of a private decision you've made to follow Jesus. And so um, that, that's gonna be a big day. And I, I'm gonna keep saying it. Invite, invite, invite everybody you possibly can um, to church. I think it's one of the most loving things you can do. And I actually had that proven to me this week. Uh, there was a story that came out of culture class last week of a guy who uh, had been coming for a few weeks, few months, and he had never invited anybody to come with him to church. And so I, I know that's a very difficult thing to do, right? Like it's hard to muster up the words and the courage to say like, Hey, you want to come to church and you're afraid you're going to say the wrong thing? It's like when someone says, you know, like, like the, the flight attendant says, hey, you have a nice flight. And you look at him and say, hey, you too. And he's at the ticket counter. <laughs> like you're afraid you're going to say the, say, say the wrong thing. Well, this guy was like saying that. He's like, man, I, I just feel like I, I don't have the courage yet. But, but, but I did share a post on social media. And he was like, man, it's crazy because like I clicked that little share button on the Peak City Instagram post or whatever. And I didn't think anything would happen. And he's like, but, but by the end of the day, he had three people that reached out to him separately through direct messages and said, my life is a mess, I have no hope, and I'm looking for a place like this, I'll be there this Sunday. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Telling you, man, you don't know, especially if you've been in church for a long time, you don't, like, I, I think sometimes, sometimes we get in this like Christian bubble, this church bubble, and we forget there is real life happening outside these walls. There are people who need Jesus, there are people who need hope, there are people who need a community. And man, just a simple invite from you, a simple social post, and you don't know what, can, what, what, what God can do with that. So the most loving thing you can do, I'm gonna keep saying, the most loving thing you can do uh, is invite somebody to church. So keep spreading the word, keep getting there, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see Easter just be nuts. If you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and get to Philippians chapter one. If you're joining us online, what up to our online crowd? I know there's a crew of you out there. I just got on YouTube right before I came in uh, and said hey to y'all. So man, pumped that you're here. Um, Philippians chapter one is where we're gonna be. We're in a series called the battle-ready soul, right? And the concept behind this series is this idea that you are being fought over. Your life and your soul are being fought over by this world and by the enemy, the devil himself. They, the, your time, your attention, your resources, your schedule, everything about you is being fought over. You are a resource to this world, not a person, right? You're being fought over. And um, today what I wanna do is I wanna help you develop a battle-ready soul that's strong, right? Today, I, I wanna give you something that's kinda like giving you like a spiritual six-pack, all right? I'm talking like spiritual strength, right? Not physical strength. I can't get you physically fit. That's between you and the CrossFit instructor, all right? That's, and, and, and I know, I know that physical fitness is something that, that, that our world focuses quite a bit on, right? Physical fitness is something that, that, that we all want. That's why we do it. That's why we go to the gym, right? And, and I get it, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Paul actually writes in the New Testament that physical training, physical discipline is of some benefit, that you can learn some things 
by, by, by getting physically fit. You can discipline yourself in ways. But he says, while physical fitness and physical training is of some benefit, he says, godliness, spiritual fitness, spiritual strength is of great gain. And so today I wanna give you something that whether you're new to faith, new to church, not even sure what you believe yet or you've been here for a long time, I wanna give you something that will make you spiritually strong today. Okay, spiritual strength. We're, we're, we're gonna talk about something today that, that everybody knows they need and everybody pretends they have, but everybody's actually still chasing it. Right? Every, every single one of us know we need it. And every single one of us pretend like we've got it. But actually, when we get to the real truth, when we, when we discard the spiritual facade and you get real, every single one of us are still chasing it. All right, how's that for a church riddle? Philippians chapter one, let's jump in. Y'all ready? My 11 a.m. service. I give 9 a.m. a pass. I give you no pass. All right, there we go. Philippians chapter one. Man, this is bad. I, t- I told you we're gonna do this series in the book of Philippians and I still ain't got past chapter one yet. <laughs> it's gonna be a long series, man. We'll be in this Christmas time. <laughs> chapter one, verse 27. Paul says, whatever happens, whatever happens. How many of y'all know that whatever usually happens? Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. It's the only two verses we're touching today. I told you, we're not getting very far in this thing yet. I want you to back up with me for a second to begin that verse. He says, whatever happens, whatever happens, no matter what. And, and, and like, come on, some of y'all are in the room right now and, and like I said, whatever has happened. Like some of y'all are students in the room and you've had some craziness happen in your life, but I'm telling you like the worst is yet to come. You know, I said last week, optimism. Let me tell you, life is, life is about to be a roller coaster. You don't even know it. Some of us in the room, they got some years behind us. Right, like I just hit my 37th year around the sun this past week. I got some years behind me. 37, you're not really old, but you're not really young. It's a weird in-between stage. But I can tell you, life is a roller coaster, right? You are, you're gonna feel like my son Solomon, all right? My, my son Solomon, he's, um, he's seven years old now, and he's a daredevil. I mean, kid has no fear, does things that like my wife and I, like, oh my gosh, he's not gonna live to see 18. It'll be a miracle if he gets to high school. All right, he's crazy. And so at four years old, he's like, dad, can you take me on my first roller coaster? And I'm like, I don't know, man, you're pretty young. And so we we were at this like indoor, like amusement park thing. And he's like, dad, can I please ride that roller coaster? I'm like, all right, man, I'll I'll hop on there and we'll we'll ride it together. I'll take you on your first roller coaster. And, And his approach to it, he was like so happy and so excited about the future, like so many of you are if you're younger in the audience, right? But then when the roller coaster hits, his face changes. I actually got a video of it. I want to show it to you, okay? Go, go, go ahead and roll the video. This is Solomon on his first roller coaster. So excited. <laughs> so excited. But now wait for the face. <laughs> when life hits, that's what your face looks like. It was all fun and games. Until now, wait, it gets worse, all right? Wait for it. This next turn, there's a face that gets made. I'm telling you, it is the face when, when whatever happens. 
Here it comes. You ready? This is crazy, isn't it? There he is. Woo! Here we go. There it is. Boom! Right there. <laughs> go ahead and freeze frame it. Go ahead and freeze frame it. Go ahead and freeze frame it. There it is. <laughs> That's the face. You thought life was going to be awesome, right? Whatever happens, when whatever happens, that's your face. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, like, <laughs> isn't that true though, man? I mean, come on, some of y'all, some of y'all are in situations right now that if you backed up 10 years ago and told your 10 years ago self that you'd be in, you'd have said, no way. Some of y'all are in relationship situations and job situations and financial situations. Some of y'all are in some, some physical health and mental health situations that you're like, there's no way that'll ever be me. And all of a sudden, here we are, right? Whatever happens. And Paul says, no matter how crazy the, the roller coaster of life gets, and it's gonna keep going up and down and, and all around, he says, whatever happens, no matter what, here's what you should do. You should conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. If you're a church person, if you've been around faith for a while, that verse should scare the snot out of you. <laughs> Whatever happens when life goes crazy, here's what you do. You conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's like insane. Like how, how do you do that? Like for those of you that don't know that phrase, the gospel of Christ, it sounds like a, a, a pretty churchy concept, but let, let me take a brief second and explain to you what that means. Gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. Well, the good news of Jesus Christ is that God became a man. God came and lived as Jesus and lived the life that you and I could never live. He, he was born into poverty. He was born into a very common first century Jewish life. And he, and he suffered under every temptation, every struggle, every hardship that you and I have ever experienced. He endured it, yet he never screwed up. He never made a mistake. He never sinned. He lived it. He, he embodied. He showed us what it means to love and to lead and to live this life to the fullest, this one life we get, right? He lived the life we could never live, and then he died the death that you and I should have died, right? Because of our rebellion, because of our our screw-ups because of all that we've done. We deserved eternal consequence for that. And Jesus says, no, 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 I love them so much. I will stretch my arms out on a cross and I will die for them so that they can be forgiven, so that you can be reconnected to God. I live the life, he would say. I die the death. And then he goes a step further, right? He's buried. We sang about it. He's buried. And three days later, he resurrects from the grave, proving that for the follower of Jesus, you never have to fear death. For the follower of Jesus, death is no longer the end. It's the crossover point from this life to the next. He, he lived the life you could never live. He died the death that you should have died, and then he conquered the grave on your behalf. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a big deal. That's why we sing. However, don't get too excited too quick, because it says that when whatever happens, when you got the Solomon face, you should conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, right. How am I going to pay him back? For, I mean, I feel like God just showed up to the Christmas party where we all had our dollar limit on the gift, right, $20 max, 
and we all show up with our candy and our socks and our trinkets, and he shows up with like a loaded, souped-up MacBook Pro. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that, how will I ever repay you for that? <laughs> you know, how, how am I gonna live up to that? Right, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. What, what, what would it even look like to live in such a way that's worthy of all that, right? Paul answers it, the next verse. He says, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you, here it is, stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. That's what it looks like to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You stand firm. No matter what life throws your way, you are unshakable. That's the power that the gospel should give you. When whatever happens because of the gospel of Christ, you should, you should be striving together. Right? You should lock arms with other people who are like-minded, who, who, who believe Jesus with you, and you should do life together, and you should strive together as one for the gospel. You should stand firm. You should strive together. And he says, and you should do all of that without fear, without fearing anything. That no matter what life throws your way, you stand, here's the word, confident. See, Paul's trying to paint a picture here of confidence. See, confident people stand firm no matter what life throws their way. Confident people know that they don't have to do it alone. And in fact, they love, confident people are so secure. They love receiving help and giving help to other people. Right? They, they strive together as one. They, they, they know that life is, is about more than just them. Right? It's confidence. And he says, without fear. Confident people are afraid of nothing. Paul's trying to paint the picture for us of confidence. You want to live a life worthy of the gospel? He's saying you should walk, and what would make God most proud is for you to walk with confidence. Because he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows that the battle-ready soul is confidence. If you're going to face <laughs> all the twists and turns of this roller coaster of life, if you're gonna navigate all the attacks that our world has thrown your way and all the attacks that the devil himself has thrown your way, you must be confident. Confident. Now I know, I know that you've probably not heard many sermons on confidence. Right, I had, I had, some, I had a couple people last week like, man, I've never heard a sermon on optimism in church. That was just kind of like a different thing to talk about. And, like, and I know similar, like, you've probably not heard many sermons on confidence. Because in my experience, the church has been pretty scared of confidence, right? I, I, I came to faith at 17, almost 18, and didn't, didn't grow up in church. And when I came to faith, I started reading the Bible, started reading the words of Jesus for myself, and I'm like, bro, this guy clearly wants to inspire some people. The Bible clearly is meant to give you some confidence. I mean, it's some powerful words. They don't weakly say anything. It's like bold and strong and courageous. The Bible's trying to instill confidence, and then I... I look at the church, and again, I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't really know any different. I look at the church, and I'm like, why is everybody so scared of confidence? Why is everybody walking so like unsure and uncertain of themselves? And then I realize it's because the church is afraid that confidence will become cockiness. Right? The church has been afraid that confidence will become arrogance and ego and pride. 
right? And pride comes before the fall. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, the church has, has been like, okay, well, we can't end up there. We can't be arrogant. We can't be cocky. We, none of that. So we got to make sure we steer clear of confidence. But I came here today to tell somebody, you can have one without the other. You can be confident without being cocky. You can be confident without being full of yourself, prideful and arrogant. We're talking about how to do, how, how to do that today. Because I mean, I'm telling you, you need it. You desperately need confidence. You know why the world is trying to get you to be un so unsure of yourself? You know why the world wants to convince you that you're not enough? I mean, I'm sorry, the world would, would love nothing more than to keep you in a place of uncertainty and insecurity. Because if the world can keep you there, you are an easy target. When you're insecure and you're unsure of yourself, it's like you're just holding open your wallet saying, take my money. Marketing agencies are trying to prey on your insecurities to get you to buy their thing that will then make you confident. So if the world can keep you insecure, you're an easy target. If the devil can keep you insecure, if the devil can make you unsure of yourself and uncertain about everything you do and lack confidence, oh, he, knows there's, he knows there's no way that you will step into your purpose or your calling if you don't have confidence. He knows you'll never make the difference you're supposed to make with your life without, without confidence. See, we, we, we gotta stop being scared of this. We gotta stop being, God, I'm telling you, not only does God want you to be confident, I believe with all of my heart that God is actually glorified when you walk in confidence. That confidence, when you walk in a confident assurance of who you are because of what he's done for you, it's actually worship to God. Jesus, come on, Jesus didn't die for you to walk around weak and uncertain. He wasn't uncertain about his love for you. He wasn't unsure of that. No, 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 he was very, no, I'm telling you, this is why Paul would write to Timothy, a younger up and coming leader, and we have the letters that he wrote to Timothy, actual historical documents. And Paul would say to Timothy, that God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power and love and self-discipline. That's what God wants you to walk in. God is most glorified when you walk in the way that he created you to walk. And I'm telling you, it's with confidence. You were supposed to walk with confidence, right? Here's the problem, though. <clears throat> Here's the problem. Back to the riddle. Everyone knows we need it. And that's true, isn't it? Confidence. Now, again, forget the church side. Let's, like, let's, let's throw off the old church experience. I'm talking about how we talk outside these walls, right? That... And, and that's, how, like, that's what we're trying to do here, right? We don't want to be a church that comes in here inside these walls and does everything different. We play church, and you talk one way, and then you get outside, and you talk like a normal person, right? Y'all know, outside these walls, you would say, like, everyone knows you need confidence. Confident people get the raise. Confident people get the job. Confident people close the deal. Confident people get the girl. Somebody said that's right. You know it's true. We all know we need confidence, but remember the, the, the next part of my little riddle. Everyone knows we need it, and everybody pretends like they got it. Every single one of, uh, one of us in this room, myself included, we spend most of our lives pretending and putting up a front to show the world that we're confident. Isn't that, after all, what social media really is? Aren't we just out there saying, hey, look at my... Look at my highlight reel, look at how confident I am. 
Hey, look, like even in your vulnerability, even when you share like a vulnerable post, I'm so confident I can be vulnerable. It's a, it's, a, it's a show, it's a parade to show the world how confident you are. But come on, come on, come on, come on, let's get real. We're pretending. We're pretending, right? If, you, if you're so confident, why are you overthinking that text message you sent to that person a couple days ago and they haven't responded to? And all of a sudden you're worried if they hate you. If you're so confident. If you're so confident, why do you work 70 hours a week to try to impress your boss? If you're so confident, can't you be confident in 40? Can't you be confident that you're good enough to get it done and actually go home and not cheat your family, not cheat your kids out of life? If you're so confident, why are you doing that? See, if, if, if you're so confident, why do you even know how many people follow you on Instagram? Why do you even know how many likes a post gets if you're so confident? Now, come on, let's get real. We're pretending. I realized a couple years ago I was pretending in something. <laughs> it's gonna sound silly, but it's true. When people would ask me, and, and, and this just shows you how sick my soul is. <laughs> when people would ask me, hey, bro, how tall are you? Which I'm like, you know you're either short or tall if you get asked that question. No average height person ever says, hey, how tall are you? And you know what I'd say to people? For the longest time, what I said, well, what I'd say was, I'm 5'8". Real talk, I ain't never measured 5'8 a day in my life. 5'7 and a half, all right? And then I realized I can't say 5'7 and a half because I sound like a little kid telling you how old they are. I'm six and three quarters. <laughs> And there's something twisted in my brain, right, that was like, I'm, I can't say I'm 5'7", or else they'll think I'm short. I am short. 5'8", convinces nobody. <laughs> but we pretend, right, we pretend. We pretend, everybody knows they need it. Everybody thinks they got it, right? We, we pretend like we've got it. But come on, get real. Everybody's still chasing it. We're all still chasing it. We keep looking. We keep looking for confidence. We keep looking for confidence. We keep looking, but we just can't find it. We keep looking. How many of y'all have, um, have bought into the, uh, the, the marketing ploy that so many of us, or you don't have to raise your hand. I'll, I'll, I'll do an, all, an, an all, all participation on this. Either you have personally fallen victim to the marketing scam, or you know someone who's fallen victim to the marketing scam that is Apple AirPods. Okay, great. If you, don't know, if you don't know what Apple AirPods are, it's just a little wireless ear, uh, uh, earbuds that you can get from, from Apple, right? You can get them on Amazon from a non-Apple company for like 20 bucks and they work fine. Apple's like $200, let's go. And we're all like, sure, that sounds awesome. I'm sure this is way better. Well, I, I, I fell prey to it. My soul was not battle ready. <laughs> Marketing agents got me. Now, the problem with, it, with, with AirPods is they, they come in these little, these little white case and the white case is the charging dock form, so you can't lose the case. But it's so small, right? And so I lost my AirPods a couple weeks ago. And they're so small that I'm like, I can't find them anywhere, right? And so I pull up my phone and I've got that little app on there. Some of you guys know this app, it's called Find My, right? For all the people that lose their keys all the time, like find my iPhone, find my AirPods, find all the things I've spent so much money on and made Apple rich. <laughs> find all these things. 
and it'll tell you the last known location. So I'll pull it up, and, and it says, and, and like I, I did it the day I lost them, so it was like, okay, it's pretty recent. And, and, and on, on the app, it said, your AirPods, as of last night, are here, and the here is my house. And I'm like, <sighs> and see, I'm looking through the trash, I'm looking, I've looked everywhere. The tips of my fingers have touched the dirtiest parts of the inside of our couch, like everywhere. I mean, I've searched this house far and wide, all right? It keeps telling me they're here, they're here, and I keep looking, <laughs> and they're not there, right? I'm telling you, our world, our world is telling you to look for confidence somewhere, and you keep looking for it, and looking for it, and looking for it, and you can't find it. Our world tells you to look for confidence within. It's the biggest lie, I'm telling you. Last week I told you that optimism and pessimism are not two equal forces. You should reject that garbage, right? It's not glass half empty, half full. That's garbage. That's, that's one of the world's lies that the devil has used to convince you that it's okay to believe the worst is yet to come. I'm telling you right now, there is a lie the world has fed you and the devil is feasting on right now in your life. And that lie is that if you wanna find confidence, look within. Look right in here, it's here. Look, come on. You keep looking and you can't find it. You go into the job interview and you're like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then you get in the job interview and your pits are sweating and you're stumbling. Uh, where'd my confidence go? I was looking for it. Right? You keep looking within. I'm telling you, you ain't never gonna find it. Because that is not how confidence works. That's not where confidence comes from. See, confidence does not come from within. I know all the people you follow, all the, all the real inspirational Instagram and Twitter accounts you follow, are like, you believe in yourself, look inside. It's garbage. That's not where confidence, confidence does not come from within. Confidence comes from external sources. Confidence comes from validation, affirmation, and encouragement of external sources, right? Your confidence actually works a lot more like a Wi-Fi network, all right? I know you're like, man, is this, is this sermon sponsored by Apple? <laughs> I wish. I've given them enough money, they need to give me back some. Your confidence works, works a lot more like a Wi-Fi network. You know, have, have, have you ever noticed that when you're on a good connection, like when you got a good connection and, and it's working, you don't even think about your connection, right? You just do your thing. You get on, you send your emails, you do your thing, you surf the web, right? You, you, you do your thing. Have you noticed that when you, we have a bad connection that you like become obsessed with when is it gonna get fixed? You've been on an airplane and the connection's working, all of a sudden it doesn't. What do you do? You sit there and refresh, refresh, refresh. Is it working? Is it working? Oh my gosh, you start getting anxious. When, when's it gonna, that's how confidence works. See, it, 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 go ahead and throw that, that, that pick up for me on, on the networks. And the guys in the back, one, two, three, oh, perfect. This is actually legit. My, my wife at home is called Kinder Casa. So this is an actual screenshot from my phone. Um, your confidence works like a Wi-Fi network, I'm telling you. See, you, you connect to different networks and you have confidence. It comes from like, you know, this, these affirmations and validations. And most of the time, you don't even think about it. Most of the time, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, you, you, you're not even worried about it, right? Like most of the time, if you, if you go to work and you connect to the network that is your boss, it's all good. 
Most of your meetings with him are awesome. Most of your meetings with her go great. Right? You, you, she's always encouraging you and affirming you, telling you you're doing a great job. You're meeting your sales quota. It's all good. You might have a few things to work on. It's no big deal. You're not even worried about it. You don't even think about it. It's great. You, you got confidence. Except for that time that you walk in, and some of us in the room have been there. When you walk in and you get a surprising negative evaluation. You get some constructive feedback that you weren't expecting. And then you hear some language thrown in that gets you real unsettled. Like, man, I'm not really sure about this role long term. Not sure if you're the right fit. I'm thinking through some things. Ugh. And all of a sudden, that network was so good. It was all, I mean, you were so confident, but now it's a little shaky. Now you don't know. Oh, am I gonna get fired? Oh. Then you start refreshing. When's it gonna get better? What do I need to do to fix this? Oh my gosh, why does he think this about me? You're on a bad network, right? Your confidence goes down. You start feeling insecure. So what do you do? Well, you switch networks, right? So now, now what you do is you're like, all right, so now I'm gonna go to my coworkers. I'm gonna go out to lunch with some of my coworkers and I'm gonna tell them what he told me. I'm gonna tell them the negative review he gave me. I'm gonna gossip about my boss to my coworkers, right? And I'm gonna ask them what they think about it. Like your coworkers are, are gonna diss you in the moment. You know what they're gonna say, right? You're just trying to get confidence back. They're gonna say, how dare he? How dare she? That's unbelievable. They're so wrong. I don't even know if I believe in the direction of this company anymore. They're crazy. You're the best at everything you do, right? Confidence, assurance, validation, right? That's, your confidence is built again. Yeah, 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 he's a jerk. Okay, cool. Then you go home. You go home and you connect to the network. You always connect to when you come home. You connect to the network with your spouse, right? And, and you and your spouse, it's, I guess, almost always good, right? Like, it's always good. Like, there's just love and encouragement, and it's all good. You guys got a pretty chill relationship. It's not like you've had a, you know, like, it's been, been, maybe it's been some years since you've been through some hardship, but you're good now. But you know, you know, you know. Again, you don't even think about it. You're confident in your marriage. You don't even think about it. But you know this. Some of y'all have been married for a long time. You know this. You know what I'm about to say. Some days you just walk in and something seems off. Right? Something's just like, something ain't clicking. Either they're hiding something, there's something you don't know about, there's something they're struggling with, or maybe it's just a bad day, maybe they're in a bad mood, but something's going on. Right? And you don't, you're not getting the same affirmation and encouragement and validation that you usually got. You know something's up. And so you're like, what is it? You keep refreshing. What is it? How can I fix this, right? Can I help around the house? Can I do something? <sighs> when you go on a date, huh? like you're just trying to fix it. You're trying to fix it. You're like, man, this, something is off in our marriage. And so what do you do? You switch networks, right? You hop on Instagram. You're like, man, I'm gonna I'm post something on, on, on Instagram. And then, man, you know on Instagram you're gonna get that dopamine hit, right? You post it, and then you start refreshing every 30 minutes, every hour, like, how many likes do I have now? Did I get any new followers? What's my, oh no, I lost a follower. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This is how confidence works. We hop from one network to the next looking for affirmation, looking for validation, looking for encouragement. This is why you feel like you keep chasing confidence and some days you got it and some days you don't. Because some days your networks are coming through for you and other days you're not. And y'all, that's, that's how it's gonna work as long as you're playing this game, right? That's how it's gonna work. When you're on these kinds of networks, your confidence will be based on your performance and their preferences. Your performance and their preferences. You wanna talk about two things, they're about as volatile as crypto? 
your performance and their preferences. It's gonna go up and down and up and down and up and down and you're constantly gonna feel insecure, constantly gonna feel unsure of yourself. I'm telling you, this is how confidence really works. Confidence comes from external sources and the external sources, the, the, the networks we're trying to connect to are not stable. They are not consistent. But I came here today to tell somebody there's another network. There's another network, man. I'm telling you, there is another network. You, you got to scroll down the list a little bit because it's not in your usual networks. <laughs> it's not in your usual you know, networks you connect to. It's on down there, but I'm telling you, it's down there and it's a strong and stable connection. It's, it, I'm, telling you, I'm like Elon Musk about to bring you Starlink. I'm about to bring you the kind of internet that'll work out in, in, in Divide, Colorado, the mountains. It'll work everywhere. I'm telling you, there is a network and it is being connected to God and it is unending hope, unending encouragement, unending love, affirmation, validation, calling, purpose. You name it, you got it in God. And if you, I'm telling you, if you would connect to his network, if you would just connect to him, oh my gosh, you would walk into every meeting. You, you'd walk into school. And, and some of our high school, middle school students in the room, um, you, uh, you probably think we talk about adult problems like they're the worst problems in the world. There is no more insecure place to walk than the hallway of a high school or middle school. But I'm telling you, if you would connect to God and understand how much he loves you, how much value he sees in you, how, how he knows your calling, he created your calling. He knows your purpose and potential, he created it. If you would connect with him, you'd be able to walk those halls in confidence. You, you'd be able to walk those halls with some swag in your step. You, you'd be able to walk those halls and not worry so much about the opinions of others. I'm telling you, there's gonna be days that you're popular. There's gonna be days that you're not. There's gonna be days you get invited to the party. There's gonna be days that you're not. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You are encouraged, loved, accepted, included in Christ because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You don't have to play this game anymore. You just gotta connect. You gotta connect to God. You gotta connect to that source. See, I, I have to do it all the time. I have to do it all the time. I have to do it every time I get ready to preach. Because here's the deal. When I get up here and I'm getting ready to walk on stage and do the thing, the thing I have to battle constantly is not what does God think about me. It's what do you think about me? What do those people online think about me? Every time I'm getting ready to preach, I have to be like, whoa, 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 hold up. Will they like this? Insecurity. You know, after a sermon, if it's a good sermon, they're like, good job, pastor. It's good. Confidence is up, right? But that's shaky ground. That's shaky ground. I gotta stay connected. I was, um, I was guest preaching at, an, at, a, at another church a few years ago. And um, I walked in, and I knew the lead pastor, but I didn't know the church. And didn't know anybody there, no big deal. I get up and I come up here and I'm getting ready to preach and I look out and second row is Wes Coker. Now y'all don't know Wes Coker, but I know Wes Coker, all right? Wes Coker was a legend in the youth group that led me to Christ at age of 17, all right? Like when I came to faith in Christ, I was the dude that was selling weed. Wes was the dude leading people to Jesus, right? And that's real talk. Wes was the dude, like, by the time his high school career was over, he had led, like, 30 or 40 kids to faith. It was unbelievable. I mean, he's, like, a hero. I look out, I'm about to preach, and I'm, like, I mean, I'm, I'm 17 years removed from high school. 
I look out and I see Wes Coker. And the first thing I think in my mind is, why did they ask me to come preach? He's right there. You've got like the second coming of Christ among you. <laughs> what do you need me for? This is insane. And then I start, then, 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 then again, I, I know, I know y'all aren't preachers, but you will be able to relate to this because it happens at work, it happens at school, it happens in every relationship you're in. Then I start playing the games in my mind. I'm like, man, is my sermon good enough? I mean, it's Wes Coker. What's Wes gonna think of me? Man, I, I, I didn't bring my home run sermon. I brought just an average one that I've used recently because that's easier, right? Maybe I should switch it. Maybe I should preach my home run because Wes Coker's here. And you start thinking, and man, I'm like so uncertain, so unsure, so unsure, right? And, and, and it's in that moment that I had to realize, no, 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 no. I am connected to a bad network right now. I am receiving my confidence from a bad source. See, that's why I'm, I'm gonna say this, it's probably gonna shock you. I don't think I've ever preached this line in my life and you probably won't find it on social media anywhere. But I'm gonna say it, and God was, God was revealing it to me in my heart this week as I, was, as I was preparing for it, and I believe with all my heart. I think that insecurity is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given you. I know nobody wants to feel insecure, but I, I believe that insecurity is actually the loving hand of God in your life. Because when you feel insecure, when you feel anxious, and you're like, oh no, and you're worried about the approval of other people, that is your soul's built-in alarm to let you know that you are on a bad network. When you're feeling insecure, it's God's way of saying, hey, you need to come back to me. You need to come back to the source. You need to come back to my, my love for you, my grace for you. See, when I felt that insecurity, and, 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 and it's not just when Wes Coker's in the audience, which is, it'd be funny if he's watching today. It's not just when Wes Coker's here. It's any old day. There are times that I get up here and I'll have a little like mini anxiety attack. And I know you're like, man, you do this every week. I'm like, yeah, I do. And it doesn't get any easier because I'm always tempted to worry about what you will think about me, not what God thinks about me. And so I have to connect. I have to connect. I have to, I have to do whatever it takes. I have to push away the voices of our world. I have to push away the urgency of, 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 of what's trying to capture my attention. And I have to connect to God. This is why before I preach, every time I get up here, I have gone through the same declarations that I've spoken over myself and I've prayed to God every single week for 15 years. I, every time I get ready to preach, I say the same things over and over. I echo what Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica when he said, I speak not for the praises of man, but I speak for God because he tests my heart. I don't speak out of <clears throat> error or impurity or any desire to deceive anyone, though I know there's a ton of preachers out there that do. Instead, I speak as one approved and entrusted with the gospel. And so I say, God, help me to speak like John the Baptist or Elijah the prophet who paved the way for you and made a fool of themselves in the process and they didn't care what anybody thought. And so with that, God, I'm ready. And so now I can walk in with confidence, right? I reconnect to the source. I reconnect to the right place of confidence. And so then I can get up here and I can burn with passion like an idiot. And if y'all don't like it, sorry. 100 other churches in this town. <laughs> kidding, I love you. Not kidding about the hundred other churches, there are. <laughs> you gotta reconnect. When you feel insecure, you have to figure out, and this is why I say, whether you're new to faith and you don't know much about Jesus yet, you're, you're figuring it out, or whether you've been in church for a long time, you got to connect with God. And it is not this like mysterious magic formula, and, and there's no one way to do it. Like some of y'all connect with God so well when you've got your earbuds in, 
right? Because you went Amazon, you go AirPods, you went earbuds. And you're in the gym working out. And you're like, man, I feel like this is the only time I can block out the noise and I can connect with God. Guess what? That is just as holy as getting on your knees and praying in silence. If you connect with God that way, do it. Some of y'all connect better going on a hike, right? You can finally block out the noise. You can finally connect with God out in his created world. Man, if that's you, brother, sister, get yourself a hike in every day. Do your thing. Connect with God. If you need to get before the kids and get your coffee on, man, do that. Like whatever you need to do, there is no one way to do it. You just gotta start talking to God. You just gotta start talking to him. You just gotta start connecting with him. You just gotta start pushing out this constant temptation, and it is all around you every single day, this temptation to live for the approval and the affirmations of man. You have to push that out and reconnect to God. And if you do, confidence will soar. Confidence will soar. It's what Jesus did. You know, we're just modeling Jesus right now. That's all this is. See, when you think Jesus, you think confidence, right? Stretched his arms out on the cross and died for you. Confidence. On the cross, looking at the people who murdered him. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Confidence. You think resurrection, right? Willing to be buried in a tomb, roll the stone away. Three days later, he would rise again. Confidence, right? But remember, Jesus was fully God and fully man. He struggled through everything you and I struggle with. He was tempted in every way you and I are. And if you would back up, if you back up to right before he was arrested, right before he was beaten within an inch of his life, right before he would have to carry the cross and our sin and shame, right before all that, where do we find him? We find him alone, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's not super confident. Remember, this is, this is when Jesus said, if you're familiar with the story, Jesus, in this moment, he knows what he's about to face. And he says, Father, if you can, take this cup from me. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. It's going to be too, it's be too painful. It's going to be too scary. I, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to get buried. I, I don't know if I can be. He's, he's lacking confidence. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. That is the most vulnerable, real Jesus that you will ever read. About to do his most accomplished feats, and yet there he is, insecure. But what does he do? Connects back to God. Right after he says, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, his next line is, but not my will be done, but your will be done. Confidence. See, when, when you're feeling insecure, like Jesus felt insecure in that moment, it is your alarm system to come back to God. And maybe for some of you, today's the first time that happens in your life. It happens every single week for us. There's always someone in every service that's the first time you've connected with, a God, with God. It's the first time you've said yes to this gospel of Christ. And if that's you, I wanna give you the chance to make that decision. Uh, for some of you, I know that you've been following Jesus for a long time. Some of you watching online have been following Jesus for a long time. And um, you've just been finding your confidence from bad networks. And it's time for you to reconnect with him. Whatever it is, I wanna give you the chance to respond today um, to what God is doing in your heart. So would you stand with me to your feet? Bow your heads and close your eyes just to give privacy to those in the room that are around you. If you're here and you would not, prior to today or prior to this past season, have considered yourself a follower of Jesus, 
Uh, but you know he's the one you've been searching for. Right? His, you, you, you've been searching for confidence everywhere, and now I'm telling you, you finally found it in him. If that's you, you, you don't have to have your life cleaned up. That's a lie of the devil. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. That's a lie of the devil. You just have to be ready to say yes to Jesus, yes to his love, yes to following him. If that's you and you wanna make that first time decision today, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Beautiful, it's incredible. It's amazing, put your hands down. If you're here and you know that, you, know, you, you believe in God. Maybe at one point you made a decision, but you know you've wandered away and you've been looking for your confidence in all the wrong places. You've, you've been walking with such insecurity, but you know today it's the gentle, loving voice of God that's calling you back to him. And if you wanna commit yourself this week to connecting with God in a powerful way, in a real way, and, and get back to your real source of confidence. If that's you, and you wanna make that commitment before God today, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up all over the room. It's beautiful. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. You can put your hands down. Let's pray together and let's ask God to do it. God, we have made decisions before you. And... Uh, we now trust you with those decisions. We now trust you with our journeys. God, I know the, the, the several people who raised their hand to start following you for the first time, God, that all of heaven is rejoicing. And God, I pray that you would just surround those people with the love and the encouragement, the community they need. God, I pray they'd walk out of here today, feel more confident than they've ever felt in their lives. But God, we, we know that unless we stay connected to you, that confidence will not remain. It'll, it'll get shaky. And so, God, for every single one of us in this room, myself included, I pray that you would help us this week to hear your voice, to stay connected to you, to not find our confidence in the affirmations and approval of other people, but to find it in you. And, God, we know that you can do that. God, you can do anything. You, you can restore confidence. God, I'm, I'm praying that we walk out of here today and our church is more confident than ever. Not cocky, not arrogant, but confident because of you and because of your love. And so we trust that you can do that. You can do anything. It's in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus that we trust and pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly recordings of Sunday service and follow us on Spotify and Apple Music for weekly audio recordings and podcasts.